0: uh, two very special guests. They are two thirds of three films and a podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Okay. Different
1: way to say it. It's Tyler Beck and Matt Weiler. Everyone. John, thanks for having us.
0: Did I fuck up your name, Matt? I know no. you just told me. Great. Ah! Yeah, you did it perfect. I have a ton i I'm going to fuck up some of these names. So <laughs> it's going to be mine. Somehow you're going to mess up mine. I said it already, Tyler Beck. I know, but there's still time. There's still time. That's left in true. The pod. And for those of you who don't know, I've been featured on their podcast. I am their honey boy. That's yes, right. He is. Just felt like dropping that in there with out-of-context relations for anything.
2: <laughs> now but people are going to have to go back and find, you know, why are you our honey boy? That's good for us. You're sending it's listeners true. our way.
0: It's very true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're here, though, today to talk about Purple Rain. The, would you call this a cult classic? Or just oh, yeah. A classic? Oh, yeah. yeah. The cult classic 1984 film that is Prince. All Prince. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all Prince. The screenplay was written by Albert Magnolia and William Blinn. Music and and lyrics by Prince for the most part. There are some other songs that were written by other members of the revolution. Some were written by Morris Day and Jesse Jackson. We may get into that. We may not. I just wanted to throw that out there right now. Yeah. Uh, directed by albert magnolia and according to imdb a young musician tormented by an abusive situation at home must contend with a rival singer a burgeoning romance and his own dissatisfied band as he his star begins to rise so while watching i've never seen this movie before today let's put it that way yes (laughs) oh i'm
2: so jealous of you (laughs) i
0: do hate myself uh, because I was just like why haven't I watched this sooner uh yeah. however I did write down six minutes in and I love I think I love this movie so <laughs> yeah
2: I mean your experience with this movie is exactly why we started our podcast because there was so many movies out there like Purple Rain that you know we classified it as a cult classic but none of us had seen it I think right I, maybe Matt had seen it I'm, I'm not entirely sure but regardless we started the podcast in the Interest of exploring movies like this, so I'd, I like to talk to people that are kind of going through the same experience with us uh, simultaneously. It's kind of fun.
0: So, like, I've been reading that this is somewhat autobiographical, but like, I feel like I—I I mean, you know, at least looking at the songwriters, Prince is a collaborator, and like that might be one thing that they exaggerated for the movie. But I mean, I don't know what's real and what's not at this point
2: yeah i um, i was listening to another podcast it's called she will rocky they're uh ran by a couple of great gals gals i just showed my age so hard anyways <laughs> yeah. they're great people they're wonderful women and they host a great podcast and they were talking about purple rain in one of their episodes that they're all about music just like yours um and apparently the story they told in their research was that <clears throat> prince went to whatever studio developed this or someone they he went to someone in power and was like I want a movie like you're they give me a movie and they're like well do you have a script he's like no I don't have a but I want a movie I want to make a movie And they're like so I the gist I get from it is that he had so much power that they kind of just threw a bunch of stuff together so it seems like they put some stuff from his life they obviously just used his music they had this director that they wanted to kind of give a shot to i I forget what he had done previous but this is like his first big project if i remember right do do you remember matt
1: i don't know
2: yeah Uh, i meant to look this up but i forgot but regardless it seems like they were like well prince wants a movie he has all this music we have this director uh let's kind of just see what we can put together so i think they kind of just made a hodgepodge of different ideas and came up with purple rain
0: i mean according to his imdb credits matt i've been also saying his name wrong albert magnoli Um, did a short called Jazz in 1979 and then Purple Rain and from there it seems like he's done music videos he's done a couple documentaries so I don't know if it was Jazz that was like ooh let's get him or not (laughs) but like while watching this movie I was just understanding how artists today like Beyonce with the visual albums that she does yeah was inspired basically by Purple Rain it feels like because I was just like this is just music videos stringed together with some acting
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean they you could call it I mean that's what they're doing <laughs> whether or not it's good or not is uh, another discussion
0: I mean they're reciting lines they had to memorize yeah. and recite these lines on film
2: so it's this is the second time I've seen this movie um I watched it last night and we watched it for our podcast last year sometime
0: and you guys did cover it nice
2: yeah we did it's been a while and I I thought I'd remember more stuff about it but regardless um in my Letterbox review when I watched it last night I wrote this is probably like a two maybe three maybe three and a half star movie but Prince is just so transcendent and his music and those performances are so fucking phenomenals
0: I, can we swear here we, oh just, fuck yeah okay. cool. yeah no steve's here um, tyler there's, there's no steve here we don't have to apologize <laughs> to steve no
2: well i'm gonna i'm gonna apologize anyways because he's a big matt supporter so he'll probably listen so i'm apo- apologize <laughs> that's, apologies that's wishful to steve.
1: thinking <laughs> <laughs> you Brad, never I know i much. might
0: he might like be like "Ooh, they the guys are tagged in this episode let's <laughs> get, let's listen i just gotta
2: see what my boy's up to <laughs>
0: um but um, yeah, I know
2: it's it's probably a two or three star movie, but Prince himself and those performances pull it up to, in my view, a four star movie and one that I just love. I fell in love with this movie instantly, much like you did, John. Like, how did I not see this? I love this movie.
0: Well, I fell in love with it because it's it is bad. I'm not gonna lie. The acting totally. is bad. The dialogue is it's worse. Awful. But yeah. like, if that's so bad, it's good. And yeah. like, you know, Prince. Prince and Apollonia and um uh crap, what's his name? Morris Day, they're yeah. doing stuff. What yeah. that is, I have no idea. But <laughs> they are doing things. And, they're doing it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's just and then you get peppered in, you know, um, Morris Day and the Time singing, you get a little of Apollonia Six, you get a you get a lot of Prince and the Revolution. So it's like, okay, whether or not the um the acting is great the singing and music that we get is fantastic mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. um i and while watching this i realized i also hate myself because i'm not well versed in prince's music i will say so like when purple rain happens at the end of the movie purple rain i started tearing up and then I downloaded the album the Purple Rain album which doesn't have Morris Day or Apollonia 6 in it just for a side Mm -hmm. note for everyone uh and listened to Purple Rain and started just like openly weeping just like crying so it's so good
2: it's unbelievable yeah it's incredible and I mean that's I guess that's what I was saying with that review thing is the music itself is all five-star music but when you mix it with the rest of the movie it kind of brings it down to four because I think
0: yeah yeah I think, I, I think
2: four star is fair for me because I thought there was a lot of cool stuff uh uh cinematically they did in this movie there's a few moments that we'll talk about I, I think we're gonna go in this episode we're gonna go through song by song it looks like on the outline so
0: we can a, you, sometimes I do sometimes I don't it just depends oh, on okay where the conversation goes I just provide it for everyone not so you. this way, if they want to bring up a song title and, are, and can't remember, it's right there. I don't you. know, though, if this one is true to the order it happens in the movie. It is, realm. actually. I kept okay. track.
2: Yeah, because I looked at your document and I was like, "Oh, I'll keep track for them. And yeah, it's there, in the right order.
0: Sometimes, sometimes, you know, my sources, Wikipedia and IMDb, are wrong. Shocker to everyone. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't know, like, when some of the songs were actually happening and some, when some of them were just like background songs, it feels
2: like. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Totally. I I get that. Um, I didn't have that issue for what I'm about to talk about though. I was going to mention, I was going to talk about some of the cinematography and there's one specific moment and it's nothing groundbreaking or, uh, you know, innovative, but it was really well done and it was cool. And, I talked about this song uh, at length on our podcast. It's when they, it's when uh, he sings "The Beautiful Ones" when uh, Apollonia is sitting at the table with Morris Day, and they're kind of flirting, and Prince is 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 angry, and he's screaming at her like, "Do you want him or do you want me?" I won't, I wouldn't dare to try and sing like Prince, but, um, <laughs> and they're just pushing in slowly on Apollonia through the crowd, and it's just the, I mean, that's the moment where like she's not doing a ton of acting, but. You can feel like t- to me, it was like the best acting that she did potentially. Like well, it just it, Maloney, was a, it, was yeah. a, it was a yeah. yeah. It was a believable uh. moment. She looked like she was really like wrestling with what was going on. Like she has these two guys fighting for her. And the the just the moment and the way Prince held it and his power on stage was just I thought it was incredible. I mean, throughout the whole movie for sure, but in that moment, I think it's my favorite moment in the movie. It's my favorite scene. I wrote that this scene just fucking rules. <laughs> the performance great. There's a, is great. The there's song a is lot great. of
0: things that they did. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like the visuals that went along with uh, crap uh, when when doves cry. But like, mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was them doing uh, the music video for it. You know what I so, mean? So
2: that's a good point, and I'm glad you brought that up. I wrote that so on our podcast, you know this, but your listeners don't we have a, a category that we call uh Rushmore mountain where we pick our top four of any one category. And in this, and in this scene I wrote, is this on the Rushmore mountain for montage songs? And I think it is. And I, and I think it probably is for just because it's a great montage song, but also, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that they, that Prince wrote this song for this montage on a whim. Yeah. That, I can't. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: I mean Oh, sorry. Go
1: ahead. I, I, ben was the one who told the story, I think, and they just like they showed the montage, and he's like, "Hey, I need a song for this sequence," and he like just went off and did it or something like that.
0: Well, that was <laughs> a, that was the thing with Prince. Like, looking, I was reading a little bit about him, you know, just to see what his background was. Apparently, he's written somewhere between like five hundred and thousand songs in his yeah. life. Insane. Um, and like. He was signed when he was 19 uh, and died what in 2016? So, Mm -hmm. for that 40 years, maybe 30 years of life, he wrote a thousand ish songs. And, like, the fact that they also, when after he passed, they uncovered like albums and music Mm -hmm. videos and singles that he had that were yet to be released. I was mind boggling, and so, like seeing this movie and realizing that like the script and the songs are probably written at the same time it makes right. sense because you're just mm-hmm. like this kind of go it does go hand in hand as if this was an actual musical like a broadway or a theater right. one uh so i'm gonna pose this question to you guys though do you think that this is really like a musical as like a, as one would classify it on stage or do you think this is like a movie with music
1: I, I, I would probably classify it. No, oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it the, the right. narrative, the the narrative exists without the music, right? Like you could.
0: Oh yeah, it's the it's it's a, it's a Star is Born basically in a way.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, I do feel like like it could lend itself to a an interesting stage pro- production, um, similar to like. I mean, I guess Moulin Rouge is very much more musical than than this is, but um, yeah, I, I would love to see what Baz Luhrmann would do with with the movie with like a Purple Rain. <laughs> totally. um, but but- uh, yeah, I, I guess what I was gonna say is this is like, I, I guess it, it is more movie than musical. I'll say it's more movie than musical. Um, okay. While while the the songs definitely progress the story and, and give context, um, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like you get the gist of the movie without the music, even though the mu- music, you know, obviously enriches the experience, makes it better. I, I mean, the music is everything, um, but I do feel like, um, I my thesis was with this movie was kind of like it's it's Prince's it's Prince's alternative like superhero movie essentially. Totally.
0: I can, totally. yes, that is. It's like that is the log line. Like if you,
1: yeah, he's he's living his alter ego, you know, as a as a superstar, and the reality is he's got a horrible home life. And uh, I feel like the mute, like again, like when Doves cry, these these sequences, you know, tell a story. um, But I don't necessarily think of the. I mean, now I think of the songs differently. You know, I, I was somewhat familiar with Prince's music as well. Sorry. I was not as familiar with his full like bi- or, uh, discography before, but I was somewhat familiar with Purple Rain. And then after seeing the movie, it changed the context to all these songs for me. And now I'm, totally. you know, playing his biopic basically in my head when I hear these songs. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love. I don't know. Dang, it, that is a hard question. <laughs> I want to say it's it's more movie than the musical, but then I could also hear the other argument.
0: Well, cause yeah, I mean.
2: Oh, go ahead, John.
0: I
1: was going to say, Tyler, when you were talking about The Beautiful Ones, right, that
0: was the song? Yeah. I, I was just like, you're right. Like This this is a moment where he can't, it felt like he can't say it with words. He has to say right. his emotions. Totally. And there's a few times that that happens, but not every time. Right. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm just like, maybe this is like a gray area where it's like
1: in between. Well, it's like, so... I feel similarly to that. We kind of experienced that when uh, Adam Driver sings "Being Alive" in Marriage Story, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's communicating. He's something. had to do that, it. I mean, it's it's communicating something that you know the audience doesn't feel otherwise, and like the the lyrics and his like performance of that song communicates also something in context, but doesn't necessarily make Marriage Story a, a musical. So even I, though this okay. the song was made you know, or is in context in the movie, technically as an artist, he could be singing that song and it not be a musical.
2: Yeah. That's
1: true. I feel like,
2: I, I mean, there, there are some funny moments where it's, it's like, there's some of those tropes of a musical uh, like when Morris Day sings jungle love and there's, there's other times where this happens, but they'll go, they'll, they'll flip to the crowd, like up in the bleachers. And there's like, these dudes start doing this like choreographed dance together you know yes. stuff that happens in a musical like all of a sudden everyone knows the same steps to the same song right well,
0: and, were they are they just background are they were they just the dancers but like placed they were in the crowd they were
2: like they yeah. were like up in the balcony of this crowd so maybe maybe you know maybe Morris plays that song all the time and they know the song but still there was moments like that where it's like the crowd was in sync in a way that would like happen in a musical but John you said something earlier and I think it's totally true and it's what I thought the whole time watching this movie is it's not so much a musical and it's not so much just a movie. It really is a, just a concert film. And it's like in what the most concert films that I see, they it's more of like a documentary feel like they cut to like documentary footage and telling the story of the tour the making the album or whatever. And then they play the song, show up, show them playing the song on stage. Whereas Prince wanted to do like a more cinematic fictionalized version. He's like, well, let's just build a story around my concert film. We're not playing a real concert. We're, it's essentially like, it's like a music video movie. It's like trying to, it, that's actually kind of what I think it is.
0: It's like it's a him con-
2: stitching together music videos.
0: It's a concept album, but with yeah. visuals.
2: Totally, totally. So, And I think uh, for, for that purpose, it works really well because- you know how like a stand-up comedian will have a little bit of something in their intro where they're walking through the halls or they do some little skit or something. Yes. And like the acting's never that good and it's kind of just silly and it's kind of just filler. It's like, this is an elevated version of that. And everyone's trying really hard. Everyone's trying to do the best they can and it looks cool and it sounds cool, but it's still just kind of like cheesy people that can't act just trying to act because they-
1: So my question would be, what is more musical? Which movie is more musical? Labyrinth or Purple Rain? Mm. I
0: haven't seen I Labyrinth in a while, so I can't really Purple answer Rain. that. But like, I would... Um, I don't know. I feel... Because like, I felt like this was in the same vein as like A Hard Day's Night or Spice World, where they're like, they're trying to sell an album, but they're yeah, like, mm. let's make a movie too. And this way you right. could see. Cause, so I wasn't sure which one really happened first you know was it the album purple rain or was it the movie or like did they come out simultaneously Mm -hmm. we got to time travel to 1984 everyone and see what happens but (laughs) i I mean what what i did read that also made me laugh hysterically is that there are only three professional actors in this movie everyone else is just playing themselves or a heightened (laughs) version of themselves right and Apollonia mm. is one of the real actors that they cast. So my I was, girl,
2: I love Apollonia.
0: Uh, so, and they, originally it was supposed to be Vanity, which I don't mm. know if, a lot, I don't think a lot of my listeners know who this is. She's a, another 80s heartthrob? Will we call okay. her that? Do you I know, actually do you,
2: don't know who you're talking about.
0: You don't know Oh vanity i think i told you a movie that she was in um never too young to die where oh, oh great movie. she's in beverly everyone. hills cop and apparently i'm sure
2: i've seen her i'm sure i've seen her but i just don't remember
0: i'm i'm looking at her imdb and vanity six which was supposed to be the group within this movie but it turned to apollonia six uh, uh. is a real group and they have and she has a few music videos as her credit uh, that she was an actress in, but yeah, it was supposed to be her, but apparently something happened um, where she had to turn it down and they cast hmm. Apollonia in it.
2: Interesting. And we are well, forever
0: grateful for that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I am, I named an entire segment of our show after Apollonia, not necessarily because of her performance. Cause it's admittedly, po- I mean, it's fine. You know, she's, She's doing her best right like she's better act better actor than i am and she's in one of the best like that is the most high praise popular <laughs> movies of all time but I'm, go, trying to, but I'm just like uh i've kind of forgot oh i feel like they really did her dirty in this movie when you mentioned the apollonia 6 and that that specific performance i was just like this is a really really tough assignment like I they, wish
0: she had more songs.
2: Really? I could have yeah. done without it. I mean, we see her perform right after Darling Nikki and one song before Purple Rain. That's a tough spot to be in, man. Because <laughs> like, that, that song is fine. That's a really good song for, like, uh, what's the movie with Natalie Portman we covered on our show? Uh, Von Lux, right? Vox Lux. Vox Lux, Vox, Vox, yes. Lux, yes. And she's supposed to be like a pop star, but she couldn't sell it, right? So like, in my opinion, I don't think she sold it very well. Um, But this song by Apollonia, Sex Shooter, not that it would have fit that movie. I feel like it's a good song for a movie like that. A movie about music, it's all fictionalized. You've created a character that doesn't really exist. If if this song existed in a movie like Box Lux or any of those other types of movies, it would have been fine. But it's sandwiched between two of the best not only Prince songs but two incredible Prince performances and even that that uh song that that precedes Purple Rain the bird the Morris Day song where the what hallelujah with all the
0: with the greatest choreography ever yes Yes,
2: (laughs) totally and like even that song's silly but it's still fucking awesome and I mean that's just I felt bad for it I was like they made her do this in between all of these performances Well, like so bad
0: I only offer that I think she should sing more because she's a singer. She's playing a singer. So like, I mean, even if it's like her singing in a shower or something, that would have... Sure. But like, I get it. It's Prince's movie. It's not her movie. Or is it? I don't really know who the main character (laughs) is anymore. It's
2: a good point, yeah. I mean, it's gotta be the kid.
0: I, I, I did see though that Prince was 26 when this movie came out so he was probably around 25 26 when it was filmed but he looks like he's like 40 right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah. and I she's mean,
2: supposed to be 19 in the movie I, oh yeah you know,
0: sure totally i don't yeah, 100%. like she's like
2: she's like <laughs> who knows how old she is i would you know hate to try and guess but it's, it was silly
0: i mean assuming you both saw the movie rent who's a more convincing 19 year old apollonia or rosario dawson
2: oh i love rosario i've never seen rent though
0: (laughs) i figured i I knew this was a shoot in the dark listeners if you're listening if you have the answer you know the socials you'll hear them later uh but this movie this movie is amazing i And I'm so happy. I bought it on Amazon for $8. Everyone needs to do that. Totally
2: worth it. Totally worth it.
0: I would pay 20 bucks for this movie because it was insane. Everything I didn't know I needed. Like, obviously, I've heard of Purple Rain all my life Mm -hmm. because it's... Prince did, what, like three movies as an actor or something like that? He didn't do a lot acting-wise. Obviously, he did a lot vocally and uh, musically. Fun fact, by the way, I found out that he wrote Nothing Compares to You, and that just makes yeah. sense now mm-hmm. that I hear it. Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, uh, this man is a genius. I'm so sad that now he left on this. Oh,
2: but it's so sad. I is like, I was lucky enough. I got to see Tom Petty before he passed away. We saw him like a month before he passed away in Seattle, and it was incredible. Shit. And I was so glad that I was able to do that. Um, I'm a huge Bob Dylan stan. So, well, I hate to call myself a stan of anything, but I love Bob Dylan. Big fan. I've seen him live a few times. Um, and Prince and John Prime now are on my list of two people I really wish I'd had the opportunity to see before they passed. It really bums me out. I was so close to seeing John Prime too. I didn't know who he was and I was offered tickets and I didn't take him. And then I discovered who he was later and regretted it
0: for the rest know, of my life. I <laughs> wish I saw Prince because the what we see of the performances that he does, I really enjoyed it. And I hope mm-hmm. that he kept that sort of choreography that they do. You yeah. know, I, I don't think bands really do that anymore. The little like step touches and like the right the 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 two guitarists and the singer do like little bits back and forth and there, like everyone in this movie did that and i really love it because <laughs> yeah, like they, were,
2: i'm trying to oh computer blue i think was my favorite version of that it's when he had the, the black lace yes like he, like over yes. his eyes and he was shirtless and he looked fucking awesome but the way he's maybe it might have been a different song i'm not totally sure but the way he starts the song, he kind of like throws his hand down and the music starts immediately and the, the whole choreography hits at the exact same time. And I was like, God damn, that's cool. And like not only the the craftsmanship, like the the musicianship, but just like the choreography and how much talent it would take to be able to do all of that. You know, and I was just like, these these performers are awesome. And I I wish I I wish I knew if they did that um on their live performances.
0: But like you could tell that they're not dancers but like right, they're exactly. movers they're and, they're, yeah. and they're doing choreography that is suitable for them while they're holding the guitar or even totally. like and like the fact that like the lead singer is then in sync with it with the that front line just makes it right. better because like it's in sync it's um it's simple movement but it's movement that like helps you with the visuals of the song yeah, it's, it, yeah it really
2: ties the room together um it's like, like i mean when you when you have someone as dynamic as prince doing his thing i mean there's one moment where he does a high kick over his microphone into the splits and pops right back up and hits his cue to for the next verse like fluidly i was like that's fucking impossible that's like, he's like an olympic like gymnast, brown
0: kind of <laughs> totally
2: it's insane and but so like, when he's doing that you just you know if you got some people that are like you know moving in beat and in unison like it's enough to for the whole experience
0: but what i'm happy about is that purple rain the song um there is no choreography so like because it's an emotional song that they could have easily had like a couple doing like a lyrical dance or whatever but like no for this movie this story we needed just like the still image of him almost in tears yeah and like and like Say what we will about like we were making fun of his acting. That's great acting right there. Totally. Like when he's reciting lines or beating the shit out of Apollonia, whatever. That's not good. But <laughs> but when he's singing, not all good. of a sudden, <laughs> he's a great actor. Yeah,
2: there's something about his per- his onstage persona that he just knows how to do, and he can really sell it. um One cool moment about Purple Rain, and before I say all of this, I understand that there it's they're playing a fictionalized version of that incident right like everything that happened in the movie on stage with purple rain most likely didn't happen in real life I don't know for sure I can't say with any certainty but I thought it was a really cool depiction of how talented people can come together to do something on the spot like that because the women that wrote the song you know they knew the song they've been playing it and practicing it but to play it and practice it and then all of a sudden be thrown into playing that live where the performance is like the crux of your career like if, if they if they right. blow this performance they're out of the they're out of seventh avenue or, or whatever front street or whatever that uh that venue's called and so prince surprises them to play the song and instantly everyone kind of comes together and they're imp- you can tell that they're They're not really improvising, but the band in the movie is improvising and kind of making it up as they go along and figuring it out. And I thought that was a really cool way to show how talented people can do that sort of thing. And I thought it was believable. It was almost like, I could almost believe that this, if it wasn't so perfect, I could almost believe that it really happened this way. You know, That this is the first time they ever played it live together.
0: (laughs) I I find it interesting that they, crediting wendy and lisa to writing this song in the movie when really they didn't they did help write computer blue though with prince Mm -hmm. so uh but i mean i i even looked up the purple rain song uh wikipedia page i know granted grain of salt everyone but like he did write that one by himself and it's just so fascinating like his listen like if you really listen to all all of what's happening yes i see what you mean it does sound improvised but i think they actually like did it live and that's what they recorded yeah if if i'm reading everything right
2: yeah oh i don't think it sounded improvised at all i think it sounded pitch perfect but just like the way they depict them playing it you can see them like kind of figuring it out as they go along like giving each other like those those visual cues like eye contact things like hey we're moving to the the next verse or whatever and they, you know what i mean like it looked like a band figuring it out while it sounded like a band that had it i mean there's perfect
0: there's a moment in the song i don't know if this is like the song or an extended cut of it that i've been listening to but there's like a guitar solo that does sound like they didn't write it down that's more mm. like the improvised mm. stuff i'm talking about yeah Uh, Because I did read that Purple Rain, I Would Die For You, and Baby I'm a Star, they did record those live after they filmed this, and then they Mm. re-shot the, like, they were part of reshoots, I think. And you can kind of tell, because I also got the same vibe after Bohemian Rhapsody when they they do Live Aid. Because I was just like, (laughs) okay, we're ending on a concert. Great, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad about it. Don't get me wrong. Not mad. But I was just like,
2: Okay. For such conflicting reviews of that movie, I still haven't seen it. Some people love it, some people hate oh. it. So, what's your opinion, John? Do you like it?
0: On Bohemian Rhapsody, uh-huh. I didn't understand why it needed to be made.
2: Fair enough. I mean, you can say that with a lot of movies, but was it at least fun? Did you at least have fun with it?
0: Uh, yes. I'll I don't know. I think I, no. I, I think I need to revisit it or wait until somebody picks it so I can you know, I don't have to watch it at my own volition. Just watch Purple Rain again. I'm just, and I'm so happy. Like I said, I bought it on Amazon for $8, everyone. (laughs) Not sponsored, surprisingly, but I'm just telling everyone, give this movie money, (laughs) because it's amazing. (laughs) So good. Matt, uh, I feel like we, Tyler and I, have been dominating the conversation. What do you think? What's your thoughts on this movie?
1: Oh, man, well, just, I guess, for your listeners, I should point out that if you grew up you know, hiding the parental advisory cds in your collection from your parents you have this this. movie to think and this album to think because darling nikki is actually the song that inspired nancy reagan to pursue you know the the parental advisory yeah yeah oh yeah that's shocking
2: they overheard their daughter singing darling nikki and she they heard her say the part about masturbating with the magazine and like, oh, shit, that's too much. And they went and just, they this went will and sent America into a frenzy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. What is Prince yeah. doing? Yeah, It was <laughs> Prince. Of all yeah. artists at the time, it was it Prince. Was Prince.
1: <laughs> it was, the, it was Darling Nikki. So provocative fella. <laughs> so if you haven't been sold on watching this movie and, and seeing what, you know, seeing in context what that song was all about. Um, and yeah, eight bucks on Amazon.
0: Eight dollars no. on Amazon, everyone.
1: <laughs> no, this this movie was a trip. I hadn't seen it before. As, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we put it on, and I, I I think like we unanimously loved it. Um, Prince, for as little as I knew about him outside of Purple Rain, has had such a huge presence presence in pop culture. Oh, yeah. And I like you look at NBA players today. And what they're confident wearing and what they're oh. confident going out and doing, Like in, in the eighties, NBA players were not wearing what NBA players today are wearing. Yeah. And I accredit that to the confidence that Prince carried throughout his career and how much, you know, his music and his presence means, you know, to that community. I feel like the community evolved with Prince and I just feel like his fingerprints are so much more than than he gets credit for. Johnny mentioned that uh, Cinnamon O'Connor song, "Nothing Compares," like I'm sure there's other credits. We talked about Bob Dylan and uh, Carol King on uh, the Shioaraki podcast. Those are other artists that have their fingerprints on all kinds of other. Yes,
0: they those two wrote like a shit ton of music in the '70s and '80s, and nobody knows it.
1: Yeah, like, exactly.
0: Like, like I, um, I know. I said that Prince is just like kept writing constantly. Dolly Parton is the same way too. Totally, and and like you could tell because some of her stuff, other people sing or have come. Like, obviously, the I, uh, I will always love you. That she laughed her way to the piggy bank uh, to the bank for oh, yeah. that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was just watching this movie. And, you know, I knew Prince was very androgynous, very gen- mm-hmm. gender fluid when it came to, like, his outfits. But, like, the way that he presented himself as well as Morris Day, I was just like, are you guys gay? Like, are you really gay? Like, is that the the crux of, like, why you guys hate each other is that you are so in love with each other?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fun thought I I I stand that couple that's twice well, I've th- I I that
0: phrase today
1: <laughs> is it that's kind of what like a lot of artists during that time you know those kind of I don't know were those like hints that they liked teasing audiences with like David Bowie was very much the same way right where yeah it was like right
0: but then he eventually did come out at, right uh, yeah but I mean I was reading and I didn't I didn't realize this and I don't know if you guys realize this but um, Morris Day does talk to the kid, Prince, in the movie, but Prince never says a word to him. So that's why I was mm. just like, I mean, do you? <laughs> also, Morris Day, it felt like he was overcompensating when he was hitting on yeah. Apollonia. <laughs> but like, totally. I, know, I know that someone wrote that line down for him to then recite. I get it. Um, if he was improv what the fuck? But (laughs) (laughs) if he's just reciting the words, it's not his fault. But like, the way that he was like grew... uh, I was just sitting there, I was just like, you're not into women.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So are you suggesting that The Beautiful Ones was maybe sung at Morris Day?
0: No, I think more so uh, Prince, I thought, was pansexual, like the actual person. I thought he was... Love is love, whatever. But reading about it, he was only ever in relationships with women, and so I think with this movie, he is in love with Apollonia. Maybe he doesn't reciprocate the love to Morris Day. Who knows? Hmm.
2: Yeah, I've I wouldn't even I wouldn't dare to try and like.
0: Figure I'm not out trying why. to. S- I'm also no, not no, trying no, to no, soil no, no. their names or anything of like that.
2: Not. No, no, no. Of course not. I just like, I think Prince, I I hesitate to even say anything because it's just like he was obviously such a singular and unique creative force Mm -hmm. that the way that he presented himself, you know, physically with his clothing and everything really does match like the sound of his music. Like if you, if you, if I listened to Darling Nikki. And then you showed me a picture of Prince all dressed up in the purple, or whatever any of these songs'd have the same effect.'d be like, "Oh yeah, that dude for sure wrote that song. You know what I mean? I feel like yes. it just like his look and his sound and everything was just like it just kind of like oozed out of him, you know what i mean i don't I can't think of anyone that could put on white lace gloves and a white lace face mask and have his hair all crazy and wear wear all that purple and still look like. And still be so believably masculine, right? Like
0: and very sexual. Like he's totally, totally. I mean, I don't, I, uh, I don't want to put you guys on blast of what your orientation is, but like, I mean, I found him attractive. Not gonna lie. Totally. Yeah. He was, and like, I think anyone would find him attractive because there's oh, there just like maybe something with that whatever wardrobe choice that he had for that performance.
2: Yeah, there's a level of confidence that's attractive regardless of your orientation, I feel like. its I mean, it's the same kind of thing why certain people become CEOs or become leaders or become front men in bands or front women in bands or whatever, you know, there's a, he has that level of charm and confidence that just exude, that's just magnetic and you can't help but just be drawn to him. So I feel like just just his whole thing was just about I can do and say and be whatever I want. And I'm so confident in it that you're going to get caught up in it. And it works. It totally works. Like I wrote down in my notes um, at the end of the movie, he ends the movie with baby. I'm a star. And I never really had paid too much attention to the lyrics, but when I was listening to it and watching it, I just thought the level of confidence it takes to pull this song off regardless of being in this movie or whatever is fucking astounding because it works. Like he's telling you, like, I'm a star. I'm the best there ever was. Whatever, all of these things, and I believe I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. You're the shit. Like you're incredible, and it doesn't take, you know, one notch down in confidence level. If he's second guessing himself at all, the whole thing falls apart, both right. in the movie and the song in of itself. And I think that's just that just encompasses everything that Prince is. He just was. He had this, whatever it was that he had to get out to the world, and it came out in his clothing and his look and his name kept changing the way he presented himself in all ways was always evolving and was always confident and was always cool even if even if it got made fun of the whole like you know the, the whole the artist thing or whatever like even uh- that became sort of a meme and like he didn't really take too much shit for it that i remember
0: apparently the symbol that he changed his name to for like a decade is in the movie. Oh no, really? Like, yeah. I I'm now. I read that on IMDb. Grain of salt, everyone. But I was just like, yeah. now I need to rewatch it because apparently yeah. they said it's on his motorcycle, and mm. I believe they said behind him on a like as graffiti on a wall during when doves cry. Hmm. I, don't I know, but
1: yeah. Hey. Well, I mean, so I feel like he and. <sighs> I'll, I'll keep disclosing that I am nothing close to a Prince expert. Um, even on our podcast, we had yeah, some people leave comments in our YouTube video that know way more than we do. This is this is pure speculation and observation on my part. And that's um, why
0: you're a podcaster.
1: That's why I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I, I cover my bases. Now you can come at me and I can just be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you guys are right. The listeners are always right. Um, always right. But uh, one thing that's that he just does so well, whether it's his music, whether it's his the, the way he carries himself, his, his, you know, outfit um, is, he just has so much, you, you can tell that his artistic control is very particular and distinct and he knows exactly what he's doing with yeah. what he has. Um, and I didn't feel like, I, I didn't feel like his, his performance in this or the way he carries himself, this was overly masculine other than a few just like very masculine like mo like there's the toxic masculinity that's apparent in his relationship Mm -hmm. um that just you know follows you know follows every toxic masculine relationship uh but then the everything about like his his clothing and his performances like is is very sexual and very confident and so i guess like you could i guess glean some masculinity out of that but i feel like the most the thing that really anchors him as masculine is the motorcycle and the presence of that and the way that he drives that and wields right. that throughout the movie, I feel like that's kind of his masculine anchor, whereas everything else, and I feel like it's I feel like he's designed whether intentional or unintentionally he's designed it that way um so that he can sort of have that you know wear lace, wear blouses, you know have you know the music the way it is and and be the way that he is. Um, and still feel very masculine but that's just my observation because i i look at him as a very as you said john a a more of an androgynous you know sexual being
0: (laughs) right i mean and like that could be masculine and feminine at the same time the Mm -hmm. sexual beingness of it um i i don't know i think i think he had probably had a heavier hand in this movie that we all probably know about because like um it does uh uh, like what you said tyler i do feel like he had like the final details of his costumes like well like the like had to write it off or something like get approval um but like there are moments where you see the toxic masculinity come out and it's like him it's like overacting though in a way that i'm i had a laugh at it <laughs> but what i really did appreciate in this movie is that his parents who he lives with side note uh <laughs> they never. it would have been an easy thing for them to be like you you dress weird or whatever <laughs> like they, they or talk about his clothing they say nothing and that and for 1984 that's like very progressive in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah
2: I took it uh in the context of this movie is because his dad was a musician. And I think they even they said at one point they mentioned that his mom was also an artist of some sort too. They all yeah, they, I so, think they both worked at the club. So I think they were just like, nah, he's doing his artist thing, you know. Like, I don't know. They were so very supportive in that way.
0: That's actually part of the autobiographical part where his dad was an artist. His mom was also a, a performer. They act the put they collaborated a few times. Ergo, we got prince, and princess is. His, birth name it's not a what? stage name oh
2: that's awesome i didn't know that yeah <laughs>
0: that's incredible I, I, I read that on the wikipedia grain of salt everyone uh it's based off of his dad's stage nickname uh he was what was he was called prince roger mm. that was his dad's like mm. kind of nickname and his mom performed with prince roger and so they were like, let's name him Prince. Gotcha. The end.
2: It's a bold choice. They, hey, they put him up to it. they put him on a path to greatness for sure.
0: I mean, yeah. he there was no other choice for him than to become an artist of some kind. Totally. Like, like, could you see Prince as a teacher? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean not a
0: music teacher, like a like a like teaching science or something. Yeah. Like,
1: no he had to be a superstar. he had yeah, just, yes didn't have a choice in the matter. Um, I was
0: also a little confused in this movie the the revolution the band are mm-hmm. they supposed to be successful or are they like on the cusp of being uh, successful?
1: That was the funny thing like me coming into this movie, I'm like, oh, so Prince and the Revolution are the ones trying to get yeah. get their name out there
0: <laughs> okay okay because totally. like I mean i I got that. I didn't know if it was like they were successful in Minnesota, which that blew my mind when I realized they were in Minnesota, because uh, I thought it was like New York or whatever. Or mm-hmm. yeah. by the way that the city looked, Nope, they're in Minnesota. Uh, don't you know? And I didn't know if like they had success locally and were trying to like get globally or what until uh, the. The club owner was just like, "I gotta kick you out. You're not getting keep Butt's. Yeah. You guys suck." Yeah,
2: was <laughs> <laughs> I harped on this quite a bit, and and when we talked about this on our show, it's like the hardest thing for me to buy in the first time I watched this, it didn't bother me the second time because I was over it. But mm-hmm. the hardest thing for me to buy about this whole movie was like, you want me to believe that fucking Morris Day in the Time has a better draw and is more like appreciated than fucking Prince. Mm-hmm are we watching the same movie are they watching the same performances like i i i think actually matt you made the argument and i think you're right that a lot of the songs we see prince play aren't necessarily like dancey club scene songs and morris day is definitely playing more danceable music like i don't know how you dance to darling nikki or whatever you know what i mean but there's such good songs
1: i'll show you sometime tyler i'll show you okay yes
2: please do (laughs) so like (laughs) it makes sense to me that like for a club owner like if you if he solely just wants people to be dancing then yeah prince maybe isn't your guy all the time at least from what we see in the movie but like if he just wants people to come to the club and he's playing music like that i can't see why they would want him to not be playing that music in their club but i mean
0: i yeah i you have to suspend disbelief somehow and they needed a villain it seemed right. like, I mean, I know I said that, that there were three actors. It did feel like everyone was just like, hey, I'm making a movie. You want to be in it? Come on. Yeah. And 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 then I guess Prince went to Morris Day and was like, you're going to be the bad guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry
2: about it. Morris Day was like,
0: whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man. We're friends. We're in the movie. Like, they are actually, like, I did see that they are actually friends. In, or, yeah. Yeah or was Morris Day in the time like one of Prince's spinoff bands I'm He's
2: not in... entirely sure but I know they have some connection along those lines
0: because I, I know that there was a few he, Prince had a few protégés like I think Vanity was one Apollonia turned into one uh, 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 I can't fuck Sheila E was she one of his I don't know. could be uh, you're,
2: you're asking the wrong guy
0: okay great <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, sorry, I, I should.
2: I wish I, I had more information
0: i i knew that he had protégés so i was just i didn't yeah. know if like morris day was potentially one of them or not
2: so yeah i mean it's hard to believe that he wouldn't have had a number of people that sort of came up from his right. his his whatever it's kind of like matt you, you talked about the nba earlier and i can tell john this hits right in your wheelhouse but totally like a lot of a lot of NBA coaches have a tree of young talent beneath them and you can say like oh this coach came from this uh, this guy's Mm -hmm. tree this coach came from this guy's tree and so like I can't imagine Prince didn't have the type of influence where he could bring someone up like when Apollonia says oh the kid's gonna help me like oh Prince is gonna help me and he would you know put them on the path to whatever and whether or not they become any I mean it's hard to you could you couldn't possibly eclipse prince but whether or not they become you know famous or big out of it is another story but i'm it's sure like, he had a stable of people that he was
0: it's also weird that everyone else's character name is their name except for prince <laughs> and like yeah. a few and like a few other like tertiary characters that have like two lines but like prince is called the kid
2: <laughs> yeah so that was weird. probably a de- very deliberate choice on his part he probably he he has he definitely has an image that he wants to portray, and I think he worried that like putting the name Prince on a fictionalized character might somehow interfere with his like actual brand somehow. Like I, that wouldn't surprise me if that was the choice he made. But um, yeah, it was weird. It's like why, why are we calling him the? Or maybe he wasn't Prince yet. Maybe this is the story of how he becomes Prince, and he wasn't. I know it's his real name, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Unless they also kind of want to distance it and be like this is based on my life not totally
2: yeah that's probably the real answer they just didn't want people to be too confused whether or not it was the 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 real story or not
0: i just realized i did you guys pick this one because i did honey boy on your podcast
2: um well yeah you asked us to be a guest and i and then ben said that this was an option and i said yes but, i will do purple
0: rain but like the fact that it's about a character like the it's a autobiographical movie oh, about
2: somebody playing yeah. oh, interesting that may have maybe I, I,
1: I don't I, think that was the connection but that's a that's a good connection that's a good call thank you yes yeah, it's, it's a similar thing there
0: because I was just like, wait a second, Prince is playing a fictionalized character of himself, just like Shia LaBeouf did of his dad. Prince is the Honey Boy. Honey boy.
1: <laughs>
2: no, no, John is the Honey Boy. That's, that's I'm a great the connection. Honey Boy,
0: but like, I'll, I'll lend it to Prince as one of his thousand nicknames. You um, it, yeah. do, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat?
1: Well, oh, now that you're the Honey Boy, just kidding.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I mean.
0: Yeah. We, we, we talked a lot about a lot
2: yeah <laughs> all right did.
0: all right let's get into sharp and flat Bye. Sharp, flat. Uh, so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it i thought it could change it's flat <sighs> who wants to go first or do you want me to go first options
2: it's your show you tell me
0: great you know what? I'll just go first. Let's, let's, okay. uh, some of, some of mine are stupid. I have one legit one. The legit one is the choreography. I thought it was fun. Like I said, they tailored it to, like, you know, to go with the song as well as what their talent level is, slash, what they're holding on to at the time. Cause, like, as fun as, as much fun as it would be to see, like, one of the guitarists do, like, roundhouse kicks or something, I don't think that's plausible. <laughs> that's that can actually happen um i also really loved uh prince arriving to the theater on the purple motorcycle with a guitar on his back i was just like what is this but okay (laughs) uh morris day's guy who holds the mirror i think i need that in my life yeah he Um, had some
2: of the funnier visual bits with the mirror thing and just some of the like physical comedy he did like when they come into heckle prince and he he like comes into the doorway sideways you know like just stuff (laughs) like that
0: (laughs) that guy doing the lord's work um and then these are moments that i laughed out loud the three seconds of black on of nothing on screen uh where he's at home um i timed it it's literally there is three seconds of blackout on screen (laughs) And I'm trying then, to remember
2: that. I don't think I remember that.
0: It's oh, crap. It's like somewhere hmm. in the middle, I think. Hmm. Uh, it's it's like his mom is in bed and then he's in bed, and like that's like the connecting factor. But it's there's like three seconds <laughs> of <Huh>. nothing. Whoops. <laughs> um, and then this one made me laugh out loud. I think I had a pause. I, I had to pause the movie. Uh the twirl that Prince does when he's looking for his dad after he shows, Where the where are you, motherfucker? You know, like when uh his mom is crying and he goes in. Yeah. He did he did this twirl that I don't know, it just tickled me and I was just like, This is <laughs> this is amazing, you know, you know, from his wooden acting to his overacting when he's being very dramatic to that twirl, I was yeah. just like, "This is a great movie." Thank you. It's <laughs> the best. Uh, Tyler, what are your sharps?
2: Uh, so my sharps, I mean, I said earlier that the beautiful ones is probably my favorite scene, uh, and I and I specifically that cinematography, that the way, just the way that that specific interaction between him singing to Apollonia and her in the crowd the way that's all shot and put together, I really liked. Um, And I actually thought, I thought this the first time, but more so the second time that a lot of the camera work and a lot of the cinematography was really, really good. We had a guest on our, on our, on our show come on. And she said, anytime someone's review of a movie starts with, well, the cinematography was great. That means that the movie itself is a pile of shit.
0: (laughs) And really?
2: Yeah, that was that was her thesis, and I kind of, I, I kind of get it. If the only redeeming quality is the cinematography, but having said all that, I will say that the move, the cinematography in this movie is really good.
0: But you, you actually mean that, and you, I
2: actually mean it. Yeah, I really do mean it. And I, I was just like, yeah. I mean, they, the people that put this together, I mean, they really, they really tried, and they all they they knew what they were doing to some degree it's just mostly this they it wasn't very well written and it was wasn't very well acted but everything else about it was great <laughs> you know what I mean like the direction was I guess it was fine for what it was but just the way it looked and the way everything sounded and even like the way I mean to say that Prince put together a good stage performance and a good stage show is I mean it's, it's like a redundancy like of course he did but like you know the the lighting and everything the way they shot those and the way it looked on screen yeah. um my my biggest sharp was the cinematography here because i mean obviously the movie's great um i laughed more this time than i did the first time um so there was i, I liked i enjoyed that how you know funny it was and not funny in the way where i'm making fun of it but funny where it was like i feel like they were trying to make me laugh and it made me laugh you know so i enjoyed that um I would just say I would leave it at that and hear what Matt had to say. All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean,
1: so we're we're a movie podcast, so we're all about, you know, the full experience, sound, visuals. And I love anytime uh th- what I'm seeing can elicit several of the senses. So I like to give the example when in the opening of Blues Brothers, there's this like beat up Cadillac. I, I don't know what car it is, but like you can smell the gasoline on that oh, car when you okay. see it. And this movie this movie is very sensory that way where some of these scenes like whether it's in the club or in the alley they like in the club like you can almost like feel the stickiness of the air and um in in the the environment and in the and in the um in Minnesota you can almost like when they're out on the motorcycle like out like in the country by by lake minnetonka yeah you can feel like the the crisp the crisp air out there and yeah. there's like kind of the the nice uh
0: <laughs> the lake minnetonka oh god i also just glanced over at my notes and i just remembered that uh morris day's guy threw a woman in a dumpster and we didn't talk yeah. about that
2: <laughs> yeah pretty tough stuff i mean there's a lot of tough stuff like that here that i'm like ooh, that's not great and that's This, I mean, this movie, this movie, as it existed, as it exists, would, there's not a chance in hell it'd be made
0: today. And and rightfully so, but. For your example of like sensory overload with this, I was just like, that is a good, like, I could, I, I could smell the, the dumpster of it. Or like, even in the club, I was like, I smell the cigarette smoke that's in here, you know. exactly. Yeah.
1: Totally. yeah so, so that that to be sharp anytime a movie can make you because not honestly like there's visually striking movies that don't make you feel those things mm-hmm, there's yeah. things that just don't take you there and to tyler's point like some of the lighting and the way it's the the environment was framed you're just there you're in the club with them and and it, it's an experience that's part of why i think this was such an experience i keep going back to that word because i feel like you experience this movie you don't just watch it um and part of it's because it's a musical movie too, so you're listening um, to to the music with it. Um, but um, that would it be is, my that'd be my main sharp. Sorry, go ahead. It is something very magical. This <laughs> <for me. laughs>
0: like I'm like I, like we're talking about it, and the only image like that is in my brain is um, that shot of Prince, uh, the close-up of Prince at the end singing "Purple Rain," like that'll that'll forever be in my brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm so happy about it. Um, Okay. So now let's get into flats. Um, For mine, I didn't really like Morris Day as a character, the caricature of Morris Day, I should say. Um, Morris Day did a great job acting wise because somehow, some of it was written on paper. He may have made choices. Who knows what happens, but Yeah, the way that they portrayed him wasn't great. And then this kind of also leads into my other flat, which is the misogyny in the movie or the The dumpster. The the dumb, well, that, (laughs) the way that Prince just slaps Apollonia when she says that she's going to work with Morris Day. Like, what? Mm -hmm. But like, I kind of get it because that was, I, I guess maybe Prince did that or like he was, I mean, he, we, when he's with his parents, that's all we see is that he grew up with yeah. his dad hitting his mom. Allegedly. I
2: I hated that scene too, and I still wish it didn't exist. But I will say the second time watching it, it did make a little more sense to me because when he does that, it's literally the scene after we see his dad slap his mom. Mm. And I think that's the first time we see it. And I get the impression that's the first time that Prince saw it as well. I got the impression that he was always very angry and and like uh, threatening, but never actually crossed the line. And I feel like that's the first time he crossed the line. It's it's certainly the first time that we as the audience see it. And then the next thing we see is Prince crossing the line and striking Apollonia. Not great, not excusable by any means. And I wish we didn't have to see it, but I at least did make that connection. Like, oh shit, this movie, a lot of a lot of what this movie is, is Prince wrestling with like who he is versus who he wants to be and where he's, at versus where he's going and like is he going to break this cycle i mean we talked on honey boy i I quoted the fleetwood mac song like you're never gonna break the chain and prince this is his moment where he's like fuck i'm gonna be just like him you know like i'm already not as good as him because his dad's gaslighting him saying that he's not as good of a musician and i'm just as violent and just as uh um unpredictable or whatever as he is and I, i feel like a lot of what happens in purple rain is him starting to overcome all of this by the song purple rain. Mm -hmm. When he finally, when he finally gets around to writing some lyrics and performing the song, he finally accepts the outs, the outside help of his bandmates writing the music. He finally sort of accepts kind of who he is and what he needs to overcome to go where he wants to go. So I hated seeing it, but it, at least there I was able to find some context this second time watching it.
0: But like, also, I'm lumping in Morris Day calling women bitches, sure. and yeah. Um, yeah. the I guess we'll call it joke that mm-hmm. one of the members of the revolution makes about uh, Wendy and Lisa, about them being on their periods. I was just like, yeah. we could yeah. do without this. Yeah, guys. totally. Yeah. But and then there's other there's other little things peppered in about i mean if you really think about it there's like only five women in this movie and like 20 to 20 plus men so yeah it got i was just like okay uh that was it for me for my flats
2: Well, you reminded me of a flat uh, Morris day drops an F word and I'm not talking about a four letter F word. It's my, yeah,
0: that's that's my also least favorite
2: I'm... word in the, in the English language. And I just was like, God damn it. Like I'm a, like, Lord knows I have to apologize to Steve every episode. Cause I swear so much. I don't, I, I feel like a word is only has power because of the context and the power that we give it, but that word specifically, and there's a couple others, but that word specifically there's just no way you can say it without there being like some level of hatred or at the very least ignorance behind it. You know I think, what I mean? So I
1: think what makes that word probably sting the most is that there's there's plenty of words where like everyone knows this is a bad word. This word has always been bad, and everyone has already recognized that word is bad. That word's especially uncomfortable because at that time and even into the 90s and even to like 10 years ago, like it was still a mainstream word you know and so like it's it's weird and that I mean this kind of brings well now I won't go off on that tangent but it's like you're hearing it and you hate hearing it it's like this is uncomfortable but like everyone there is like completely comfortable with it and it's yeah it and and the the context then is is you know just as hurtful and stinging you know but it it almost hurts worse that like you know that no one at that time recognized it that way right. and up until recently it's not recognized that way and i feel like that's kind of what makes it hurt more or seeing more
0: yeah. i mean the weird thing too is that it it almost comes off as like a throwaway line
2: yeah right like they chose to keep it in
0: they, yeah or like was he his face wasn't to the camera right it was like the, we no, were he seeing was the like- back
2: uh well I don't I feel like we're looking right yeah the camera's in front of him we're looking right at his face yeah oh really because yeah. I yeah
0: I I I must have not oh you thought played.
2: it was ADR you thought they went back and re-recorded well it. no I
0: I thought it was like he turned his head as he as he was saying it to mm. that line to print. so like we didn't get
2: could be could be
0: a full thing or maybe it was like a ad lib that they kept in yeah because I I I was just like I did a double take I was like what yeah, <laughs> But like, oh. yeah, it's Touching weird going back
1: girls. and it's weird going back and th- hearing like how like present that word was in in movies like yeah. without a thought like it's a villain they
2: just throw it in yeah i mean yeah. i'm not
0: i now thinking about it i'm not surprised because morris day comes up as a horrible person in this movie yeah <laughs> so it makes sense he would say it but like the fact that it's that one time and right. like out of it nowhere seemed,
2: it seems so out of context yeah like out of nowhere for sure it's like yeah you're an asshole but like at least you were like i, I don't know I,
1: at least you were just if throwing you, women in dumpsters
2: yeah we, we can handle that i'm all for <laughs> <laughs> this
1: and, is too much <laughs> touche
2: and matthew
0: uh and the <laughs> flirting that the the pickup lines that he was trying so hard i was just like this can't be
2: real like i actually bought it i was like i could see i could see a person who i get at least his character we get the vibe that like he gets whatever he wants you know what i mean and here he is like he he's he's out of his league this character is finally out of their league and he can't get what he wants and so he's like overcompensating like i i could see it you know like i bought it i was like it was terrible like it was not good pickup but I mean, it was working shit. She didn't leave the table, you know, <laughs> she...
0: but like, I mean, I was, I thought that was played for comedy. I hope it was. I hope
2: it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was both. I think it was like meant for uh, it, meant for us to laugh, but also be like true to what he probably would
0: try to do. Right. You know, Um. Uh, Tyler, do you have any other, any more flats?
2: Yeah, I did. Oh, I mean, we, already talked about it but the biggest flat to me is that we're supposed to believe that prince had any danger of losing his position at that club <laughs> like, the most talented musician of like we, had, of to to <laughs> we yeah. had to get to purple Rain.
0: we had to get to purple rate. like i that's... understand
2: i can i can suspend disbelief but it was difficult it's <laughs> difficult <laughs> i feel like it was another one too but i don't really remember and maybe it'll come back up but I'm interested to hear what Matt had to say.
1: Yeah, Matt, what do you... I mean, I I agree with with the flats that have already been said. Um, Because as great of an experience this movie is, like, those things still stand out and take you out for a minute of the experience. Yeah. And I understand, like... Like if a movie were made today where where a character were throwing women in a dumpster, it would be done in a in a much different way where <clears> it yeah. was very obvious and very deliberate that like this guy is horrible, you know, but this was done in like such a way where it's like oh this is like this guy's a bad guy like this guy's just a jerk you know like it I don't know I, I feel like it was done in such a way where it's like you feel bad for you feel bad for the woman thrown in the dumpster, but it's like I don't know that, that's it's so funny we're sorry buy, <laughs> it was so we're, stupid we're supposed to buy into like the 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 comedy of it you know right. and so yeah but yeah and, and the way women were treated in this movie like there's there's abusive relationships depicted on film every year um you see it um all the time but there was some, there was something about this where i don't know and maybe it's because maybe it's because i'd have to look at the wikipedia page that that john's looking at but uh <laughs> uh i i don't if if i recall prince didn't have a great track record in some of his relationships or whether it was yeah. personal or no <laughs> okay no so He's,
0: he was he uh was divorced twice uh because yeah i would you know what i, I will put this also
1: in the show notes so everyone can read it because it's <laughs> oh boy (laughs) okay
2: interesting
1: but yeah Mm. so so seeing seeing some of the abuse on screen in this like semi biopic format kind of made me like i don't know it it felt a little too real even though it was not real but it's like okay this sucks (laughs)
2: like yeah definitely because just because of we talked about how these a lot of these actors whether or not they actually are amateurs or whatever i, I, I kind of get the vibe that this movie reflected the people a little bit that made it you know what i mean like yes but i think what you were saying Matt. it's like some of this came off a little too naturally like the whole morris day and the f word thing like that seemed like an ad lib that things that seemed like something that like morris day probably would have said at the time and a lot of people would have said at the time it's not an excuse but it's just like it definitely seemed like it was reflecting a lot of the real lives of some of the people that made this movie. I, I got, I got
0: that vibe a few times for sure. Oh yeah, I got the vibe that it was just like everyone, but turned to eleven. Yeah, you know, right. like, like, like somewhat caricatures of them. Like, I don't, I don't know if Morris Day maybe, maybe said that word, but like, I mean, it also well, didn't seem like he was. Uh, it wasn't like it was
2: difficult for him to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah
0: yeah, yeah 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 but like also they apparently cut out wendy and lisa's relationship because they had a relationship in real life and there was mm. a scene that they were kissing but they cut it out and so it was just like no. okay, okay well, that's that's i don't i I didn't i don't know what the context is but it seems like that okay. was also just like a little extreme we'd be like yeah you had a kissing scene between two women well, for what reason right Hmm. uh would you guys add any of these songs to your life's playlist
2: oh goodness i mean what there's only there's only a few songs that i wouldn't in fact i think there's only one well there's two there's two for sure that i wouldn't put in my
0: regular okay playlist. so that i guess that's the question what songs wouldn't you add to your playlist for
2: okay. this episode Um, am not a big fan of the sex shooter song i get it uh but i get it for the movie like the whole point, of the, the, the whole tension was the fact that Apollonia was chasing her own ambitions and she was using kind of both guys to get it and it pitted the two of them against each other that were already against each other. So I get that we need that scene and we need to believe that she is going to be the next big act, but I didn't buy it. I didn't like the song. Uh, so I probably won't ever listen to that song again and until the next time I watch Purple Rain. Um, and also uh, the song Take Me With You I wrote that, like, it fits the scene, but it was just sort of, I thought that song was kind of forgettable, especially given the rest of the soundtrack in this movie. Right. Um, I was just like, it's it's a fine, it's a fine Prince song, uh, but I, I probably wouldn't add that. Um, other than that, I would listen to all these other songs again, even The the Bird. I love that song. It's so silly, but it works. Like, it's another confidence thing, right? Like That song shouldn't work, but he plays it confidently enough that it's like, all right, about by about thirty seconds in, I'm like, "All right, I'm buying this. I'm, I'm into the bird." <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so it's it's funny that you have this question on here because I actually about four years ago, and I'm sure other people do this. This is probably not a new concept at all, but it's new to me. Four years ago, um, I sort of started keeping a playlist as something of a journal, where anytime. Oh something impacts me in a in a year period i'll put that song on the playlist because it kind of places me at that time what i was experiencing so anything that moves me in any way whether it's you know good or bad whatever i'll throw on the playlist um and you know most will stay on the sometimes sometimes a song just like drives me crazy and i just have to get it off but for the most part i keep you know i keep those songs on there and so purple rain had three and so that i legitimately added three songs to my life's playlist oh shit! (laughs) those three songs were the beautiful ones um when doves cry and purple rain of course and i i was not familiar with the beautiful ones before prior to this movie same i was familiar with when doves cry and purple rain but this movie changed you know that sure those songs for me and
0: I've, I've actually never have done that like i ask this question ever after every episode and i don't like i don't actually have a physical playlist of everything yeah <laughs> that's amazing though like
1: so and i go back like mid-year i'll go back to like my 2017 playlist and like i can associate so many of those songs with what was going on during that time it's it's been yeah. a cool exercise and it's it's weird like it's, it's funny, the songs that impact you, because then I, I go back to like 2019 or something and like uh, a string of five songs will be like, oh, man, this this time must have kind of sucked because just because of the songs that like impacted me in a way. Not that the songs necessarily are like bad, right. but it, it's an interesting exercise um, and it it creates very eclectic playlists. So. I mean, I think I would just listen, listen to this
0: whole thing, because they were just great songs of their time. Like, I do love 80s, this, like, synth, pop, rock, whatever genre this is. Um, Obviously, I'm going to be listening to Purple Rain probably on repeat tonight as I fall (laughs) asleep. The song, not the album. Um, But, yeah, I mean, but, like, that's the sad thing, though. Well, not really sad. I, I haven't done a deeper dive. But, like, I couldn't find these songs on an album i found the purple rain album by prince and that's what i've been Um, listening to but like it's not all of these songs right so if i could have all of these songs that'd be great on one album uh and on that note we're done with the episode gentlemen all right what do you all have to plug or promote
2: um you know i don't i don't know about matt but i would just want to plug and promote our podcast three films in a podcast um you can find us on all the socials at three films pod um that's our handle for all the places that cool kids hang out and then we've also got a website uh, threefilmspod.com and on there specifically i want you to check out the merch section because there's a ton of cool stuff that matt designed he's a very talented artist and and digital graphic, des- graphic artist graphic designer
1: too much Tyler. we're very too lucky much. to
2: have him nope i will i will sing your praises on from the mountaintops <laughs> matt. and so there's a ton of cool stuff with stuff he designed on t-shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff so check that out uh you can find patron support options as well and um yeah i don't know if matt has anything else he wants to plug but three films us. pod
1: just three films right. pod come
2: that's join a- the movie club it's a lot of fun
0: i did <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's You're a
2: clubhouse member my friend You're i'm a, a clubhouse he's the honey boy,
0: boy. Uh, right. with, with my requiem for a dream reference <laughs> <laughs> uh and if you want to get in touch with the pot with this podcast you know answer some questions that we've asked or like correct our statements i don't know uh yeah, you can I'm sure there's
2: plenty of that for me <laughs> teach us about prince uh, yeah please
0: yes teach me more about prince i mean that was my last note while, while watching this, I, I wrote, I think I need more Prince in my life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I do. So recommend me some Prince. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at butasongpod. Uh, I know Prince was on, had other movies. Should I do them? And <laughs> if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going back to Riverdale, everyone. We're talking about the season six episode, chapter 112, American Psychos, because they, right. they wow they did American Psycho the musical. As so I it's think.
2: funny. I saw that. I th- it must have been. Oh, it's on the document here. I said you. yes
0: like, he's
2: doing American Psycho, and I that songs that's not a musical song or a musical movie. But then I realized
0: they made was, a you know, they, there was a stage musical of it.
2: <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. bananas. Yeah, it was, it was wild. A <laughs> it was wild.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful day, and